Material in this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this podcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is for customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. Security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIP. Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and investment advisor with over 20 years' experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm a Dave Ramsey SmartVestor Pro. Yes, you are. As well as you. Outstanding. Ab- absolutely. Welcome to the to the Ramsey Network. <laughs> there you go. It's a, it's a great thing. We, we love being affiliated with Dave and, uh, you know, just kind of helping his folks out and uh, certainly believe in his principles. And, um, you know, I have uh, I have an MBA in finance and also SmartVestor Pro, like you like you mentioned, and I've uh, been helping corporations and indiv- individuals for over 20 years. That's right. We're excited to have you listening to our podcast today, our weekly show. We are right here Every Saturday or every every week, you can pull us up on Friday afternoons um, on iTunes and MoneyMD.net. Yeah. Lots of ways you can listen to us, yeah, right? Yeah, go to our website. We have the uh, podcast um, stored. There's a link on the right-hand corner, uh, right-hand side. You can click that, go back in and listen to the um, the historical podcast, have it you know, segregated by topic. So make it really easy to listen to the Money Doctors. Exactly. Also, check us out on our website, MoneyMD.net. You can email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. And as you know, we answer those questions here on the show. And uh, you can email us directly at info at MoneyMD.net. Well, John, I think we have an awesome show lined up for today. Um, got some interesting stuff to talk about. We're gonna. One of the things we're going to talk about is um, why you're broke on a six-figure income. Mm. You know, we see this a lot, people that have... Nice incomes, really nice income, six figures, still are are broke, living pay, paycheck to paycheck. So we're going to dive into the reasons yeah. why that is. Very because, surprising, but you're right. We do see that frequently. We do. We do. And we're going to follow that up with a pretty cool um, topic on um, retirement or college education. Should you use your retirement um, for, for paying for college or should you co-sign for college loans? And we're going to go through a real-life story of – the downfalls and the pitfalls of, you know, doing, you know, one of those two things. So stick with us on that. It's pretty eye-opening. Yeah, that's a very important topic. So many people that come out of college with huge debts. And uh, so great, great timely topic. We're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, not everything is money-related, right? That's true. On the Money that, Doctors, we'd like to talk vacations and football. Sports, and occasionally. Occasionally golf. So this comes from the PGA and um, for those golf fans out there, they probably have heard this financial fact. But Jim Furyk, um, he had a round of 58. Now, that, that's what I usually do on like nine holes. It was 12 under par. It was unbelievable. Isn't that incredible? And that one was, round. That was the lowest round ever in a men's PGA event. And, you know, guess how many rounds there have been going back to the beginning of the PGA? 1.5 million rounds, and no one's ever scored a 58. Holy smokes. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, you know, it was so amazing to see, too. I actually watched that um, near the end of it. And, you know, this will go down as the greatest round of golf ever played in golf, and it happened quietly at the Travelers Championship um, here a couple weeks ago. 
barely got noticed uh, the press as you know the Olympics were getting underway. Mm-hmm. It was just this quiet little thing that happened. <clears throat> I don't, I don't even. I mean, it was so exciting for those watch of us watching. I don't even remember who won the tournament. It was <laughs> yeah, far right. bigger event than the person that won the tournament. Do you think this is a bigger round than Jack Nicklaus in '86 Masters when he? Roared back on the back nine? I, I think so. I mean, this will go down as the lowest, greatest round. I mean, Al Guyberger, I think, was one of the first people that, that shot a 59. Mm-hmm. I remember it, you know, um, back in the 70s and uh, or late 60s. I can't remember exactly when it happened, but, hmm. you know, and now and we've had several of those since then. Now we got a 58. I mean, this is going to, for golfers, this yeah. is going to be it's amazing. It, just monumental. It's huge. So, pretty amazing fact. I like that. I love these golf facts. Keep those coming, John. All right, that leads up to our first topic here, and that is why you're broke on a six-figure income. This comes out of a, kind of based off an article out of Lifestyle, Investopedia here recently. But yeah, I mean, living paycheck to paycheck, that describes the financial situation of somebody who has little or no savings, and it's a situation that exposes them to greater financial risk. And it would make sense if you see, you know, people with very little income who aren't employed to be in that situation. We we see that, obviously. But a recent study from Nelson Global Consumer Insights reveals that that there is one out of every four families making $150,000 or more each year falls into this cycle. Yeah, we like you said, we do see that come across uh, more frequently than we would like, and it basically turns into a counseling session a lot of times, That's right? That's right. Trying to help exactly. them get out of their, their situation. Right. They're in debt. They're just living paycheck <clears throat> to paycheck, have no emergency fund. I mean, we, we see it quite frequently, and this happens a lot easier than most people would think. So the question is, is this you? Are you one of those people that have a great income, but yet you're living paycheck to paycheck? I mean, the study also reveals that a third of the people making between 100, well, excuse me, between 50,000 and 100,000 are in that situation, and half making below 50,000 are in that same situation. So it is a lot more common mm-hmm. for people that are at lower income, but still a fourth making over 150,000 a, a year. That's an amazing stat. That is an amazing stat. So, but regardless of the salaries that are cited in the study, you know, there's generally a better than average salary in the U.S. Um, for these type people. And according to the latest data, the average salary was just under $47,000 as of 2014. And the U.S. Census uh, Bureau also shows a median salary of just over 53000 for 2014. So a couple, you know, two people that are working mm-hmm. and making the median salary, they're living on a six-figure income. Mm-hmm. So they should be theoretically in pretty pretty darn good shape i mean you know and this should be enough money not only to make ends meet but also to stay out of consumer debt to build a nice nest egg for retirement but instead what we continually see is that many people who who have that kind of income have the exact opposite happen and they fall further and further behind um you would think those making over one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year would be in great shape but these folks you know, shouldn't have an issue making uh, payment obligations each month, you know, nor they shouldn't have trouble saving and investing excess income. However, that's often not the case, as they cite here. I mean, one-fourth of those people um, are in in bad shape. Mm -hmm. And in my 20 years of financial planning 
of the financial planning business, I've found that they're a lot more common than you would think, that people with great incomes are falling further and further behind. Even people making six figures aren't covered. You know, a lot of them are covered up in debt. Many still don't have a lot of savings to show for it. And, you know, they head into the autumn of their careers with, with very little to show for a great income. So the question is, you know, why is that? Mm-hmm. How does it, it happen? Yeah, and it all comes down, Steve, to, to lifestyle. I mean, you know, it really doesn't matter how much you earn. It matters how much you spend. I mean, that's a key thing. And this is where balancing a growing income and financial prudence matters. So a higher income certainly is nice, but foolishly spending can erode it away like a sandcastle on the beach. I mean, it doesn't matter how big that castle is. That water's going right. to take you down if you don't take precautions. And like you said, we see this very frequently. High earners tend to suffer from lifestyle creep where they could, you know, keep piling on more and more obligations as their income grows. Um, so as, you know, as they begin earning more money, they slowly justify the cost of a new luxury. And when their income was lower, you know, they ate at cheaper restaurants and drank water. Now they may be charging $100 meals as they sip their favorite wine. So they're spending, it's, I like that, lifestyle creep. We yeah. see that. Exactly. Yeah. Another way to put this is inching toward a new bracket in your lifestyle inflation. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, you know, takes the higher income used to justify the increased spending on things that bring little or no value to the family's bottom line. And there's dinners out, you know, costlier vacations, expensive cable packages. You know, they may seem like little things, but they can all suck a budget dry. They add up. So you have to be careful of those things. Yeah, I recently sat down with a couple for financial planning here recently, and, you know, they had a nice six-figure income with two salaries, but instead of being out of debt, heading into retirement with a comfortable retirement nest egg, they're struggling with mountains of debt. And, in fact, I mean, they had around a dozen different debt obligations that amounted to hundreds of thousands of dollars of consumer debt between cars, credit cards, home equity, and other consumer loans um, besides their mortgage. And, you know, the problem stems from lifestyle. You know, like them, uh, you can easily eat up a nice six-figure income with excessive bills, monthly bills, eating out, expensive vacations, debt payments. We see it all the time. Um, And lifestyle inflation... <clears throat> may not be the only factor at play with those living paycheck to paycheck. When you when you get a great paycheck and then take out taxes, mortgage, car payments, maybe student loans, like you're going to talk about here mm-hmm. in a few minutes, expenses for kids' activities and the other day-to-day expenses, what should be a nice income can quickly turn into an overextended lifestyle. And that's where you have to be mindful of your spending. You have to have a budget, um, and and that's very, very important to avoiding that, that happening in your lifestyle. Yeah. It's vital to live within your means regardless of what you earn. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, you might spend more on food and vacations uh, if you have a great income, but it's usually the big ticket items that, that kills the six-figure income. It's things like private school for kids, payments for a $60,000 car, Maybe a second house at the beach. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. We've all seen people who can 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 you know go out to nice dinners and they have shopping binges. But it's often trying to live you know beyond your means and having a status with big status symbols that get you into trouble. So you know it's it's big ticket items that are one of the causes. Yeah, we see that a lot. You know, the second home and and that kind of stuff. Um, the Nielsen study points to 
a gloomy picture for those making nice incomes, but it does provide one <clears throat> glimmer of hope. You know, families are saving more now than they were. Um, since 2008, the number of families having some sort of savings has more than doubled. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty significant. Mm-hmm. You know, that's with good. nearly 75% paying off debt or adding savings. Maybe maybe Dave's having some impact. Maybe so. Dave maybe and the money pe- doctors. People are becoming a little more mindful, you know, of their spending and, and their savings, which is a great thing. That's a great trend, but it needs to go far beyond that if you're really going to get ahead. You know, our consumer-based lifestyle mentality has to change if you're going to get ahead. Instead of getting excited about the latest iPhone, you need to get fired up about fully funding your Roth IRA. Yeah, but that's not as exciting. I mean, it is. On, if you Steve. look at the balance, you just got to look at that balance. The iPhone, month. that shiny, you know. Yeah, the shiny you iPhone. Got those apps. Like in your pocket. Yeah, you could buy the used iPhone, you yeah, know, the cheap true. iPhone. This is true. Buy the cheap data package. You don't have to be on the latest and greatest. That's the thing here. <clears throat> and then watch your Roth IRA. Look at it every single month and watch that balance grow. That's what you need to get excited about. Instead of buying a $50,000 truck that's going to cost you over $8,000 in depreciation the first year, (laughs) you need to buy a good use truck for like a third of that with cash and make payments to your wife's Roth IRA. There you go. That's how to buy some some, some goodwill with your wife. Amen. Start funding a Roth IRA for her, you know, in her name. I mean, of course, you're the beneficiary, so you're not totally out of the picture <laughs> here. And, and those are the kind of lifestyle choices, though, that will keep you out of debt and put you on the path to financial independence. The key to breaking this paycheck-to-paycheck cycle is savings. And it means having less going out each month than you have coming in. And it's, it sounds simple. But yet many people overlook it at all income levels. This cycle begins with building an emergency fund to cover the unexpected events. That needs to be around three to six months of expenses, invest in a relatively safe place. But then there are other steps you need to take. Yeah, I mean, retiring debt. I mean, if you have a big six in, uh, income you know, figure, then you should be able to do this in a big way if you get serious. And you know, getting serious means drastically cutting your lifestyle, freeing up thousands of dollars to slam against those debts. And, you know, the debt snowball, Dave Ramsey talks about it a lot, the, the, you know, starting with the smallest debt first, get some momentum. Uh, it also may mean selling something big or drastically cutting your monthly bills, you know, selling cars, boats, and other large toys, and uh, rethink every automatic charge that comes out of your bank account or credit cards. And, you know, Steve, we even see people that kind of really get intense on this, gazelle intense, and they will downsize their house. That's I mean, that's a do. great step. I mean, the key is, you know, look at your expenses, do a budget, get serious about cutting till it hurts, and make a dramatic difference. Because once you get through that, you know, you can build tremendous wealth. That's right. But you got to make some drastic changes sometimes, and got to, like you said, you got to get gazelle focused. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, on on making that happen. Um, yeah, I mean, living paycheck to paycheck is a problem at all income levels. Even those making respectable six figure incomes have this problem. So if you want to break that habit, you have to change the way you think about spending and savings. Your focus has to be on building wealth for your family's future, not on thinking of new ways to use it. You know, by maintaining a budget, avoiding lifestyle inflation, and maintaining a savings mindset, you can avoid this cycle of debt and position yourself for financial independence down the road. Yeah, that's very good. So there you go. All right, and that leads us up here to our 
Uh, question, question of the week. Yeah, this question we get periodically. Um, this uh, person had 100, has 150000 in cash and a $75,000 mortgage. Should I pay it off? And, well, that's a good question. Yeah, and, and you know, again, it's, you know, this is limited details, um, but we do get this question, and it's nice to know some additional uh, you know, details like do you have you know, credit card debt, student loans, other kind of debts? Um, are you working? Where are you in retirement? But generally, uh, you know, you're not going to take your cash down so low that it's going to hurt you. You would still have $75,000 left. So just a general answer would be, yeah, I think would, you know, paying off the, the mortgage would be a reasonable option. It's not wild and crazy. Right. It's not like going out and buying a, a $75,000 vehicle. Right? That's right. There you it's, go. You're putting it towards debt, you know, getting your debt gone. So I think it's a reasonable option to go ahead and pay it off. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you do want to look at the overall situation. I mean, you, you do have to look at your other obligations. Is your retirement funded? Is college paid for? You know, those are higher priorities than retiring your mortgage. Right. But once you have those done, if mm-hmm. you have extra money above your emergency fund, absolutely. You yeah. know, apply it toward your house. And then call Dave Ramsey up and say, I'm debt-free. There you go. Do have a screen. party. Have a debt-free party. So that's a great Great question of the week. All right, and that leads up to our next topic here, and that is um, uh, student, student loan debt. debt. Yeah. <clears throat> big, big topic. Yeah, it's in the in the news media a lot, right? Free college. It is. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Uh, that that's going to have other ramifications. That's a, that's a topic Let's, for a different day. Right? That's a different. Yeah, the political topic of did we make college free? That's and right. Retire all that's debt. right. Well, this is um this is an interesting. Uh, you know, article. It's out of CNN Money, um, and it's uh, talking about a couple who has who co-signed for their their son one hundred eighty nine thousand dollars student debt is delaying their retirement. Wow, well, no doubt, that's a I lot. Mean, <laughs> it is a huge, huge number. And for the past twenty years, um, Suzanne Walsh has been dreaming of retirement. She could travel the world. You know, have a lot of free time. Unfortunately, those retirement plans are on hold indefinitely, and that's because Susan and her husband Bill. They helped pay for their two sons' college education and even co-signed on some of their student loans. And despite graduating with four-year degrees, neither of them have, have been able to find stable jobs, neither of the, the sons. So now Bill and uh, Suzanne are shouldering the brunt of roughly 189000 in combined student loans. And you know she, she goes to talk about it in this interview, I really didn't think I'd still be working at this age. Now, she's only 59, so yeah. you know, it's not, um, like not she's late, like uh, 75 or anything, but um, she was not um, expecting this type of retirement. Right. Yeah, that's definitely a problem when you're carrying that kind of debt into, uh, you know, your 60s, mm-hmm. which is she's almost there. Yep. Yeah, the couple is currently paying $744 a month on their 24-year-old son's Tim's roughly 129000 of student loans. Um, and he graduated from Rutgers University with a mm-hmm. bachelor's degree in journalism and media studies. So you have to ask the question... Don't ask it. Come on. You have to ask. I mean, what were they thinking? You know, why did they assume so much debt for that degree? You know, he should have gone locally to a local college for a couple years. You yeah, know. but Rutgers, I mean, that's a cool place. Yeah, I'm just saying. Come on, yeah. man. They have a good football team. Journalism and, and media studies. Golly. That's right. I mean, come on. You know. That's probably not a horrible degree, but to spend 130000 I mean, that's a problem. You've you got to look at what the – like I've said many times, you got to have an effective education. Mm-hmm. And effective means the money you pay for it is worth the money you're going to make. Right. 
right? And so you got to look at those two things. How much are you going to make when you get out of college with that degree, and how much does it cost? And what are some effective, some some valuable ways to pay for it to to get a good value and to not end up with this kind of debt? And that's what they failed to do here. It's just it's just a little bit crazy. But anyway, the back to the story. He's especially <laughs> interested in a Hollywood career. Um, he's found it hard to land a job there, though he's picked up some spots as an extra on TV shows. But he's he's mostly just trying to make ends meet by working as a waiter and a bartender. So he's a struggling young artist out there. He has, you know, next to no income. Um <clears throat> And but his you know dead Bill who's fifty seven years old he co signed on his son's loans and yep. there they go the parents are on the hook here yep. yeah I mean parents who co sign on the child's student loan I mean they assume equal responsibility for repaying that loan and that means that late payments can hurt a parent's credit rating not just the child so you know their other son Sean lives at home and is pursuing a second degree he has about sixty thousand in student debt from earning a bachelor degree in technology management. Um, from a school up in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, and the uh, 28-year-old student loans, they're in deferment, which means he can postpone those payments, but, um, you know, they're accumulating interest. And he's now pursuing another bachelor degree, this time in computer science from the University of, of Mary Washington in Fredericksburg. And, you know, he's paying for his degree as he goes, which, um, you know, is, which helps, and he's got an internship from the Navy. So he's probably going to be okay. That's a, probably a pretty good degree, but I'm not sure why he's getting another bachelor degree. I'm not you know, either, I mean, but it, it, that, but that's a lot smarter way of paying for it. I think so. I mean, he's getting help from the internship program. It's a great idea. I mean, he's going, he's doing it, you know, as he goes. So there's nothing wrong with that. Get all the education mm-hmm. you want. Further your education, if you can pay for it as you go. Yeah. You know, and if you can, if you want to sacrifice as you go to pay for your college, I have no problem with that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean that first one though of taking out sixty thousand dollars in student loans uh, for his technology management yeah, degree, it's a very large amount. I don't know. It's a bit a big amount. Obviously, it's not paying off for him. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean the parents. It, it's it's been a rough few years for them. Both of them lost their jobs during the Great Recession. They moved from Virginia, from New Jersey um, in two thousand and nine. To Virginia, Bill currently works as a chief of operations at the Naval Surface Warfare Center hmm. in Del Green, Virginia. It's a facility to develop the, the weapons control system for the Tomahawk missiles. Suzanne works at the same naval base doing writing and some editing work for a local contractor. So, you know, but the, they must have pretty good income. I was about dead, to say. Dead must make pretty well. I mean, yeah. He's the chief operations, you know. at the. They at may the, want to listen to our article that we just did. No kidding. Why he's struggling with it's, a six-figure income. Exactly. Cause my guess is they're probably over that. And, you know, to, to help support their sons, the couple has also started a side business providing editing support for technical engineering, you know, journal. And, um, again, she, you know, Suzanne goes on to say, I never expected this was going to turn into so much of a fiasco. And, you know, Steve, their frustrations are reverberating in thousands of families today, um, you know, because of the the student loan debt. Um, 94% of parents of college students are increasingly feeling the burden of student loan debt, and that's according to a 2014 survey uh, by Citizens Financial Group. And, you know, more than half of those parents worry that the co- cost of college will impact their ability to retire when they had planned to. And, you know, it's a common problem. We, we do see that, you know, people come in here all the time with <clears throat> how do you balance all of these priorities? There is a process, there is a system that you can follow that makes sense. So, um, you know, if you have questions on it, certainly reach out to us, we'll, we'll help you. But it is something that we do talk about a lot. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and the sooner you decide how you're going to tackle college expenses, the clearer the savings goal will be and the easier it will be to plan um, how to reach that. Um, you know, their financial planner that they talked to, uh, you know, that they hired once they found out they were in this uh, bad situation, you know, that's what he says. And he says situations like this are typical, you know, looking uh, for ways to improve clients' cash flow is the way they usually tackle it by reducing monthly expenses like cable bills, refinancing mortgages to lower rates, shopping around for insurance coverage. He also researches ways to refinance student debt, um, though he says those options are typically limited. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, we we see this too, and there's no easy ways out of this. You have to avoid this situation in the first place is really the ticket. Yeah, I mean, the struggles that that Bill and Suzanne are are facing are, um, you know, pretty common. Uh, In the middle class, they've been hit hard by by student, you know, debt trouble. A big chunk of Tim's debt, for instance, is held by private lenders because he's maxed out on federal loans and he couldn't qualify for for need-based age since his parents made too much money. So they did they do make a good income. The fact that their income's qualified as too much makes him wince. He said we don't qualify, you know, for the grants or tax deductions because we make too much money, but we certainly qualify for student loans. So, yeah. you know, I think it gets back to you know, I mean, there are ways around student loan yes. debt. And you know, if you have to go locally to a to a, an Aiken Tech, to a, an Augusta, you know, state, to a USC Aiken in this area because you can get through and work and have very minimal student loan debt coming out. That's the key, I think, is you got to have a plan for how to tackle college within your means. You cannot come out of college with $100,000 mm. of student loan debt like these folks. I mean, you you got to think ahead of time, how are we going to do this? And there's nothing wrong with telling your, your child that, hey, this is the world we live in. You're going to have to go locally. you got to go to Augusta State University, Augusta University now, and you, you have to go to USC Aiken. I mean, mm-hmm. these are great schools yeah, right here in your backyard. Absolutely. Live at home, you know, work evenings, help pay for it. I mean, whatever it takes, you got to get out of college with, with a reasonable amount of, of debt. Mm-hmm. And you can go the last two years off to college, but, you know, I don't think the parents should assume that debt. The child should assume that debt. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, don't don't sack your retirement with a whole bunch of student loan debt for your kids' benefit. Figure out a way around it. Figure out a way to do it without having that kind of burden. You can't get a loan for retirement. You can't get a loan for retirement. Exactly. So, all right, good topic, and that leads up here to our prescription of the week that we'll end with here. Yeah, this is um, Steve talking about a little technology, a little budgeting mixed in. So Mint.com is um, really good budgeting source. I've I've looked at it; it's free. Um, it's easy to budget with. It's real time. Um, you know, you can have it on your your iPhone. It gives you alerts and advice. It has net worth. It gives you a free credit score. So it's a really cool place. Um, you know, if you're okay with, um, you know, having your financial information all in one place, it's pretty safe and secure website. So, uh, mint.com is a good choice. Every dollar is a Dave Ramsey type site. Um, help Matthew with that this, this weekend a little bit, very simple, not as sophisticated as mint, but it, it kind of is effective. So yeah, a couple great, of good tools, great tools out there. Or you could just use Excel, you know, uh-huh. you can do it the old fashioned way. Like, yeah. I, like I do it. That's what I, I do. I use I like Excel as well. I've tried Quicken, great tool, um, you know, a lot of different ways to do budget, but just do do something. 
do something. That's the key. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It, it can not. be, you know, ten categories. Yeah. Just keep it simple. Piece of paper. Something you can administer each month and you can look at and have some sense of where you're headed. Yep. Have some sense of, you know, do you need to make course corrections as you're going? That's the key. It has to be something that works for you. So just make sure that you get on path to have something working for you. Just do it. Yep. Right? Just so. do it. All right. That brings us to the close of this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next Saturday on MoneyMD.net to hear your prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, MoneyMD.net. Email us your questions at info at MoneyMD.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one.